So welcome to another edition of the NCBI podcast. I'm June Tinsley, Head of Communications with NCBI. Um, And as part of this series of podcasts, we're chatting to many different people who use our services, um, talking to them about their experiences of these services and also their experiences um, of COVID-19 and I suppose life in general. Um, And today I um, am joined by Sinead, who is based in Cork. Um, good morning, Sinead. Great to have you on board. Hi, June. Thank you. Yes, brilliant. Great, great. So um, Sinead McSweeney is um, based in Cork, as I said, and I suppose just to start off the discussion, Sinead, if you want to give a quick um, overview of, of who you are and um, where what, what you do with your life. <laughs> okay. Um, so my name is Sinead McSweeney. I'm living in um, Blarney in County Cork. I am married approximately eight years and have one son, um, Ben, who is five years of age and started junior infants in September. Um, I am um, type one diabetic, um, I suppose, for approximately 34 years. Um, I am visually impaired, would have lost my vision about 10 years ago. Um, so um, I work as um, a staff nurse, a mental health nurse, and I'm working with older adults. Um, enjoy my job and love doing it. Um, I also enjoy my hobbies. I suppose I like um love reading, love listening to audiobooks and Audible. Okay. Um, I like walking. Um, I like watching TV. Uh, like cooking and baking. Um, what else? Um, Sounds quite jam packed there. If you're trying to. <laughs> motherhood and working and hobbies and life in general so uh, fair play to you uh, absolutely yeah quite quite packed but look I, I i enjoy you know being part and being part of everything and doing things great great and i, I suppose as you said earlier on there that um you've been type one diabetic for the last um few decades so i suppose um when did you kind of first notice symptoms around your vision loss um well i suppose uh, about 2008 um i was i did my nurse training in london um and i didn't have my follow-up um appointments with my um eye clinic um just life was busy and i was a young adult at the time um so i in 2008 i noticed kind of i was having a little black black um spots to my eyes so I said she because I better go get them and che- you know tested and checked out and um, she discovered that I had um, diabetes, diabetes retinopathy at the back of the eye so I would have had several rounds of um, laser treatment um, burned to the back of the eyes um, I also had um, vitrectomy surgery to both eyes and I would have had um, cataract surgery as well done to both my eyes um so I would have had a lot of treatment over a number of years I suppose but um I suppose my vision deteriorated quite rapidly and abruptly so it was a bit of a shocker when it did happen um I wasn't expecting it um so um I I suppose when it did happen you know it was quite devastating and quite stressful at the time um but you know you do learn to cope and and manage and you know try and live life again you have to I suppose. True but as you say it it is quite an overwhelming situation to be in when you're going from a situation of being um, fully sighted to, to one now where your vision is significantly impaired um, and I suppose in, in terms of the 
situation where you are now, do you know, will your vision deteriorate further or will it stay at this level? Um, no, I've been told my vision should stay at this level. So I would have about approximately 8% vision in my left eye and my right eye is a blind eye. Okay. Um, so I should maintain that 8%, hopefully. Um, that's what the consultant has said. But I suppose, you know, just go- going back to when I did first lose my vision, I had been working at the time and, you know, what, there was an abrupt loss of my vision, I suppose, around 2010. And um, I, you know, I had to, I went out sick for approximately two years because I was having, you know, so many laser treatments and different procedures. And at, at the time I said, oh my God, I'll never be able to go back to work again. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I had all those stressors. And then, of course, you know, there was, um, you know, financial worries, how I'd cope without money and things like that. And, you know, I suppose when I did lose my vision, I suppose my first point of call was, was the National Council for the Blind, um, where they did assist me, you know, with completion forms for the blind pension and the disability allowance. Um, and I suppose, you know, I, I was introduced to the um, IT technologies um classes and things like that as well in the NCBI which I found very very useful Great. Um, yeah and I suppose mobility training I, I did that with the NCBI as well also which gave me my independence and confidence to go back out into the community again and um, you know I suppose when when I first lost my vision I said god I'm going to be stuck stuck indoors and not not able to get out or do anything or participate in anything um but that's not true you do you do manage to get back into you know everyday life again because as you say you've kind of regained your, your confidence again to to be able to face it to head on essentially um Absolutely, and can, yeah can I ask so the challenges you might have faced with um Ben being such a small baby in a in a buggy and trying to navigate um, your mobility and and a buggy's mobility as well. And a buggy, um, yes, I suppose um, you you know I suppose I I only I did manage it. I'd only have done the routes that I'd be familiar with and be confident doing. Um, yeah. I probably, you know, wouldn't have been on the main road or crossing roads and things like that. I probably would have stayed in the park and things like that, or else I would have been with somebody. Now, I suppose I, I, I have, um, when I had been, I was, I got great support from the NCI. I can remember issues with making bottles, you know, that I wouldn't be able to do it, but there's, there's can help you do with all that so you know there's there's loads of tools there to assist you with everything um and then I suppose I I signed I'm working with a PA or personal assistant um from the Irish Wheelchair Association as well so you know when when Ben was so small I was able to go out and about and you know get the few messages and take him to the park and do those walks and take him to town you know so you know things would be normal for him as well yeah exactly because I suppose um it, it helped you overcome your 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 fear of oh my god I'm going to be trapped inside with a with a little infant, um and thankfully yeah. that, that didn't transpire at all, um and I suppose it's interesting to hear you say how there are um lots of tools out there to kind of help new parents with a vision impairment, but it's trying to to know to know of them is important as well because it, you're entering a whole new world of motherhood, um and. Yeah that can be overwhelming in itself without the additional challenges absolutely um do you know i suppose look there's challenges there for everybody i know when you're visually impaired you know there's there's extra challenges there but i suppose you know they can be quite stressful at the time but it does pass those stresses do pass because you don't do learn to you know deal and, and cope and manage and work you know work work 
differently, I suppose, to to, to manage. True. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Ben doesn't know any different. Um, you're still obviously his mum who has a vision impairment and that'll always be the case. So he's just um, learning to work around all that. Absolutely. He, <laughs> that's funny you say that. He um, he was doing his religion book and he had to draw up his family. So he put mom and dad and a Fargo. I've actually got a guide dog as well. Um, but he put mom with no eyes because mom's eyes don't, don't work. That's what he says. So, you know, it's normal for him. He doesn't yeah. know any different. That's so cute. Um, yeah. And tell me, in connection with work, obviously you, you said you had to take time out in order to um, undergo significant treatment and surgeries and all that. Um, and did the HSE have to adapt your role significantly when you returned or was it back um, the way it was? No, I, 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 I suppose my, my role changed slightly. So I would have been working in the acute sessions. So that means I would have been working in the ward sessions prior to my vision loss. Um, but when I returned to work, I was given the opportunity to work in a day hospital, um, which is slightly different. You know, work is not as um, busy. Um, now, it's still quite busy, but I'm working with the older adults. So I, what happens there is I'd be seeing patients uh, or clients on a one-to-one basis, um, right. be doing group, group therapies. Um, I'd be working as part of the um, multidisciplinary team, you know, with consultants, psychologists, social workers, um, community mental health nurses and other staff nurses. Um, so, you know, I was I was delighted to be given the opportunity to return to work. As I said at the beginning, when I lost my vision, I didn't think that would ever happen. So I was thrilled. So um, I suppose tools that I do use in work that that I find extremely important would be my um, the JAWS voiceover on the computer and on my laptop. Um, yeah. Scanners, I think I have Kurt's file scanner, which would scan letters and allow my computer then to read us, which I find quite useful. Um, magnifiers, electronic magnifiers work for me as well. So, you know, if I was looking for a set of notes or something, I could just use the magnifier maybe to just read the, the initials of the um, and the sticker or the label Yes. Um, of client's notes. So um, what else would it do I use? My iPhone, my iPad would be quite useful as well. You know, I do would do a lot of um, classes on relaxation and stress control. So I'd get my um, psychoeducation from def- different websites. And I just find the iPad and the iPhone just quite useful to read those and just to recap over the information just so I can relate it to the group and things like that. Okay, so you, there's obviously tricks and tips that you use, but also the um, different technologies that are there to, to assist you. Yes, and you know, they're, they're fantastic, um, quite useful. They can sometimes be a pain in the arse, but you know, they're, they're, they're really useful. And it, it was the um, National Council of the Blind I would have got all my technology training with. Um, I would have worked with um, Brian Manning in Cork, which, um, you know, <laughs> It's a lifesaver technology and sometimes, you know, I'd be lost without my iPhone, to be honest. You know, I just think it allows you to stay in touch with friends and family and, you know, social media and all the rest of us. So it's it's such a, um, I suppose, a a connector, essentially, for everybody. Um, But for people who are blind or vision impaired, it's also kind of an enabler to ensure that. Oh, yes. anybody can have access to that kind of technology at the literally at your fingertips and it can make sure that uh, you yeah. 
can complete either daily tasks or tasks in work or whatever situation with um, as much ease as possible. But sure, it, you know, it helps in work, but it also helps, helps with the whole life, you know, as regards, you know, doing a super value shop, you can do it online instead of going to the shop um, or, you know, buying clothing. It can all be done online. And I just sometimes it's a lot easier to do it online because it gives you a description of exactly what you're buying and things like that. It's just it's great. Good, good. Um, and I suppose, as you say, you are working in the, the HSE and now we're um, living in a very different world with COVID-19. Um, and is there has there been many changes to either your role or to the hospital uh, or setting that you work in because of COVID-19? Well, I suppose in my setting, I'm working with the older adults, so they're quite vulnerable and a lot of them are cocooning. So we would only we wouldn't be seeing patients on a one to one basis or in group settings at the moment. It would be on a needs basis. So if they needed to be seen, they would, of course, be seen. But um, I suppose how we're working, I'm doing a lot of phone support at the moment. So yeah. it's contacting clients and just giving them support over the phone. Um, it's it's different work, you know, different type of work. But look, it's 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 useful and it's it's nice to be in contact with people as well you know I think people in you know enjoy the support and just enjoy the conversation at times because it could be quite lonely if you're at home all day long um so um yeah so that that's you know so like I'm working in my own office as well which which I find quite useful because you know I as I said the computer has the Joe's voiceover so it just allows me to have time to listen and hear the computer I suppose I'm not really surrounded with with other people, so I, I'm quite lucky in that um, aspect. But I suppose, yeah, things things in the day hospital they're quite um, it has changed quite drastically because of COVID, um, social distancing and all the rest of it and cocooning. So it's it's hard, but look, we're getting through it. True, true, and I suppose on a, a side note, it's it's very hard for families whose. Um, elderly parents are in those kind of hospital settings and they're unable to visit them and those kind of things pose a significant um, hardship on families I think. Oh absolutely it's dreadful and do you know I know there's um, all the technology out there but older people sometimes don't understand us so it's it's yeah. very difficult and disheartening for them but do you know look we're, we're we're supporting them as best we can and you know they're all doing well. And that's the priority I suppose. Um, yeah. It, definitely a, a truly different world for, for them. Um, and I, I suppose in connection with COVID-19, as, as a person with a vision impairment, how challenging has it been for you with, around the whole new regulations of social distancing and abiding by the two metre distances and, and all that? Because certainly I'd imagine it is more challenging if you can't see a two metre distance and, and uh, or where the queue starts, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I suppose, look, it is very, very challenging. Um, you know, I suppose I have a guide dog or often I'd be using my cane and I think people do recognise us and, and, you know, are aware because I wouldn't be aware of my, spa- you know, spatial distancing. You know, I wouldn't be sh- too sure I could be quite close to a person unintentionally. But yeah. um, there there have been no issues. I haven't found any issues on people, you know, tend to move away if I am too close. Anyhow, is what I find happens. Um, but um, yeah, you know, I, I suppose I, I haven't been going out and about as often as I as I would have in the past because of COVID nineteen, and I just want to restrict movement yes. and avoid contact with others. So it's just it's 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 tough, but look, we just have to go to get through it as well, I suppose. 
And do you think that the, there's any more the public can do to assist people who are blind and vision around the whole um, abiding by social distancing rules? Um, I suppose they just need to be patient with us and yeah. maybe just, you know, a bit of understanding as well sometimes might, might um, be, uh, you know, helpful. Um, but honestly, I think most people are quite understanding and, you know, they're, they are quite... Um, nice. I haven't ever encountered any problems. Anyway, most people are quite helpful. Great, great. And long may that last. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because literally we are hashtag in this together. So we need to be a bit yes. empathetic to, to different people's circumstances. Of course. Um, and I, I suppose just to conclude there, Sinead, um, would there be one piece of advice that you'd give another person who's just been diagnosed with a, a sight loss condition? Um, yeah, I suppose, look, it's it's very emotional and very stressful. And I do think you have to go through those emotions. But I suppose you just have to take it day by day. And, you know, stresses do pass. Um, but you just, you know, you, you do find ways of coping and managing. And, you know, just stay positive. It will be OK. And things will go back to normal eventually after the up hurdle at the beginning, I suppose. So Sinead, just to conclude there, um, is there any one piece of advice that you'd give to somebody else who has just been diagnosed with a, a sight loss condition? Uh, yes, I suppose. Look, it's it's a bit of a roller coaster at the start. Um, I do think you have to go through the emotions and, and the stressors. And, you know, I suppose we need to take it day by day, working day one day at a time. Uh, and I suppose staying positive, you know, things do work out and we do learn to adjust and, and live and cope with, with, with it as well. Good, good. Well, I suppose that that certainly seems to have been your experience of um, having some challenging times, but being able to to come through the other end and uh, now in a situation where you're able to thankfully have a successful family and, and career and, and life as um, despite having such low vision. Yes, absolutely. And um, yeah, I'm very, very, very grateful for all the support that I've, you know, received from the National Council for the Blind, uh, the Irish Guide Dogs and the um, Irish Wheelchair Association as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm glad it's, it's worked out. Great, great. And as always, if anyone who's listening is interested in accessing any of NCBI services, please feel free to contact um, 1850 33 43 53.